Welcome to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Carol and I are excited to bring you another guest here in 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. For the month of July, we have invited our good friend Joni Damiano Bartel into our studio to visit about the creative work she did in her studio, teaching dance and musical theater to a generation of Silver Valley children. Miss Joni, as many of her students referred to her, was trained as a triple threat performer herself, and we'll hear about some of her days as a dancer, singer, and actor. I know everyone is going to enjoy the insights she shares with us about the creative career she has enjoyed. Then let's get started with episode one of our Dreams and Bones podcast interview with Joni Damiano Bartel. Well, good afternoon, or good morning, or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We've got a good friend, Joni Bartell, here with us. I'm going to be asking her at some point to explain how long she's been Miss Joni. <laughs> but we're just going to jump right in with our first question. Carol, go ahead. Take it away. Well, Joni, looking back at your childhood, elementary school, junior high age, are there things you can point to that shape the creative person? that you are today? I think just pretty much the way I was raised, family, you know, the the people I was around, even I don't mean just because my mom was, you know, of course, in performance and, and teaching dance and music, but also just, you know, your relatives, that outer mm-hmm. life that you had, mm-hmm. maybe genetics too. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of things did, yeah, your mom taught, um, the music and the dance, but what other things were you exposed to, or or were just part of naturally part of your life? Friends, I mean, just you saying that reminds me, and I'm kind of laughing to myself. Of course, we had um, kind of a classical side of things with ballet. We had my parents were older when I was born; I was the last, and so we had that influence of a different era, the 40s. I was It's a mixture of Italian, German, you know, all of that stuff. But when you say that, all of a sudden it came to me and I hadn't thought of it. But a family friend of ours loved, and I want to say country music because mm-hmm. you'd be calling it that, but it really was sort of hillbilly music mm-hmm. in those days. Right. And she was had a hard upbringing. She, mm-hmm. I mean, stories that she would tell. But it gave her such a sense of humor. And she was almost like my grandma, although my they were all my parents' mm. age. But her, that music, oh. you know, cross-eyed gal that lived upon the hill. Oh. I mean, crazy <laughs> music. But we were exposed to so many different kinds of music. Mm. And there was never turning up your nose at something. It yeah. was yeah. all happy, mm-hmm. embracing everything. Right. So right. lots of different types yeah. and cultures. Nice. So... Uh, tell me, who was in the house then? You said you were the youngest. Tell me, uh, bring me up to speed here. Make sure I know all the family members. Well, there were four girls. So there was um, Rita, 
who is eight years older than I am, and Anita's six years older, Vicky's four years older, so then I kind of came <laughs> a little bit a <laughs> little bit later than the rest. Mm -hmm. And by then, you know, they everything that whole thing's established. And mom, when they were young, would teach in our basement and in the evenings or afternoons or, you know, just kind of sporadically. But then it became bigger and more of a thing that she taught all day Saturday. And I mean, like, oh, wow. from 7 or 8 in the morning till at least 8 at night until skiing started. Oh. <laughs> and that's when it all went to, you know, weekdays, afternoons, after school, and mm. it became different, yeah. Oh. How long did your mom teach? When, how old was she when she started? The teaching. I am not sure exactly the age she started teaching, but I do know that she had six brothers. Oh. So she was the only girl in her family, and she wanted to take dance. And somehow her mom made that happen. But she took from a lady that um, Barbara Day was her name. She was quite the, you know, she was going to make things work. And so she decided, and mom also took piano lessons, but probably wasn't really a company ready. Mm. But in order to pay for her lessons, she offered to play for this lady that wanted oh, it best. Wow. You know, so she, that's how she learned to play and be able yeah. to do all that. And because she wanted more dance, oh, the wow. way she could get it is if she accompanied. So I know then that became part of her also being in the studio and teaching along mm -hmm. with Barbara Day, which was kind of an interesting friendship yeah. because she, um, I always heard of her and she would come through once in a while. They had moved to Texas where her husband became a chiropractor. His mom was raised in Bozeman, Montana. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Barbara Day no longer taught, but they would come through and visit and, uh, then mom ended up here because she was in Seattle and going to Cornish and also during the war working at Boeing and all that. But Barbara Day's mom, Mrs. O'Neill, oh. was here. Oh. So that's mom moved here to help Barbara Day's mom with mm. her studio. Oh, wow. So her mom is also. And then years later, Barbara Day's daughter moved to Nampa and Anita taught her oh, daughter. Gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's go great. figure that, right? Yeah, yeah. And as the youngest then, there's probably never a time that you can remember when dance and music weren't just part of what you did regularly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was our, our life. And it wasn't just dance and music. Our, we just had a really kind of crazy family that in later years I found out wasn't always normal when I'd be teaching. And they'd say, oh, I don't have time to practice, or I don't have the room in our house, or we don't have any space, and mm -hmm. mom won't let me because I don't have space. We, our refrigerator was to do kick-up gymnastics <laughs> on while dad and mom are moving around cooking. There right. was no get out of here, you know. Right. It, we tap danced in our kitchen while mm -hmm. we were, you know, it, it was constant yeah. music all the time. Even correction was done that way. <laughs> When we got in trouble, mom would, you know, didn't really know who started it, the four <laughs> girls. So we were all in trouble, everybody. <laughs> and the way she did, she'd say, you sit on the couch, you sit on the chair, you go to that bedroom and you go to that bedroom. <laughs> and, you know, you're all, kids are crying, I don't want to, they're crying. And she'd say, you're free to go play as soon as you can stand up and sing a hymn. Uh. 
that's hard to do when you're mad. Yeah. That's hard to do. You yeah. know, you're just not, one would, one would jump up and do it. Whoever was in the best mood had the best, uh, you know, somebody outside waiting to play. Anita was always the last. She'd wait and wait, sit there. And when dad came home, we ought to pretend like nothing happened. So oh. she knew at 10 to 4, she'd be out of there anyway. But yeah, we had to sing a hymn. Shepherd, show me how to go. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> and uh, and was your dad musical? Did did he do any of that? No, he just directed as far as would sit in the chair, and it was um, mom would be playing the piano because we used to have a, a group. We'd go to Canada and Oregon, you know, so we sang and did these little performances, and uh, he would. It was how we looked at the person, what we conveyed. Mm. He, he, you know, mm. believable, and mm-hmm. he he made us sing from our heart, oh. and you know, he watched, and and I think that was the Italian in him. So you said something that was new to me uh, that I didn't know, and that's what I love about these podcasts. You said that you were in a group that traveled. Tell me about that group well that the, the group I was referring to was just our little family thing as as your family saying and did things and I had really don't know how we ended up where we were family friends word of mouth I don't know Fernie BC I remember that I was about first grade because of something that my sister did to me there I remember <laughs> in performance you know, they would love to youngest pull a few little tricks on me mm-hmm. And uh, I know Astoria, Oregon, there was, you know, just little, and I don't remember all of them, but we would just, for whatever reason, through mom and dad and whoever they knew, Damiano girls, you know, and, you know, and then we all would do different, like, dances, too, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we all were expected to have a solo ready, Hmm. you know, be ready to dance and sing, Uh sing in groups and sing, you know, but I was the youngest, and... I don't remember a whole lot after that. Uh-huh. They were, well, if I was six, then Rita would be 14, you know. Mm-hmm. So they were all getting older by then and involved in other things. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback tools to get your creativity back on track. This is what Grow Me A Story is all about. Paul and Carol Wollum Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.growmeastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. asked all of the people that we've interviewed and it's really interesting for us to hear those answers this question about nature versus nurture to what degree do you think we are born creative with certain gifts and to what degree are we a product of our surroundings such as family culture education you've talked about some of that a little bit but but let's investigate that some more I really think I believe born in a lot of ways Yes, you're nurtured, but through being a teacher, I just have had 
four students that I can think of that came to me with no nurture. I mean, as far as it wasn't in their family. But I truly felt as though almost they had done it before, and I was simply reminding them. Wow. I just felt like I helped them to remember because it was so in them mm-hmm. and not a product of, you know, things that they were not shown a lot of things on TV. Although in some places, you know, in some cases, they there was a lot of nurture in some families, but there was just that feeling that they were led there mm-hmm. and they did not know why, but mm-hmm. they were reminded and I just helped them wow. Wow. uncover what they what yeah. God had given them mm-hmm. and right. and what they knew already. Wow. Oh. I thought that was really neat to be a part of helping that helping those kids. It was out. it was yeah. humbling and so interesting. And I didn't think they gave me a lot too. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Did any of them go on to Yeah, well, in... um Aaron. Uh-huh. I mean Aaron came from Mullen. Yeah. And um, and Elena had been a friend of his sister's. So when I mentioned, I and this person called from Mullen. Aaron was probably fourteen, so his voice really hadn't changed. So I thought for a month I was talking to a young girl uh-huh. named Aaron. Yeah. And um, I just kept thinking, you know, coming down from there's a lot of times kids want to do it. Their parents don't want it. It's a mm-hmm. long way to get them. Right. So I wasn't putting her off. Right. But I was. Just really explaining to make sure that your mom is on board with this mm-hmm. at 14 or probably 15. I think it was more 15. You would have to start with a class that was advanced because I would never mm-hmm. put her with. <laughs> yes. And then I said, okay, um, so let me have your name so I can have you on the roll since this decision to come was going to happen. You know, Miss Joni, it's Aaron Petey. And Aaron, and so this was the little brother, and I was just kind of really thrown. Yeah, and Lena's, oh, he's just gonna make fun, mom. He's, you know, where he, why, what is he? And he came in with a nose and glasses, Mm -hmm. and I thought that was kind of odd. And he kind of, you know, (laughs) got through. And I said, go ahead and take that off. And and later, he wrote a whole in college. He wrote a whole thing about this and how bad he wanted to do it. But he didn't know how to walk those first steps into there. Wow. He'd done all the calls. He'd talked to his mom. He'd done mm-hmm. all those things. Oh. And they were all kind of like, on a board, this is a boy from Mullen. And they were going to be made fun of. And so that's how he kind of got in the door. And then he was like, you know, my I can see, but my feet just can't do it. My feet can't do this. Well, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And that was for a jazz class. And then he kind of saw the ballet classes. Can I do that? Oh, sure. And it was just like, from then on. I was merely reminding him oh, of something. He just became this incredible dancer and wow. has his degree in dance and oh. is performing. So, Good. I mean, where it, did he go? Where did he go for? He dance? went to ISU. Okay, the, and yeah. he's uh, in Portland now with a, a group there. Sean Keo, I think, is how you pronounce it. Oh. Yeah, group. Oh. And, Do you remember him? No. He, well, he. I think it was on the. Um, Do you know the move the, the the Broadway show Billy Elliot? Yes. Because that is Aaron. <laughs> I mean, oh. a mining place. Yeah. I mean, for the first year, we the girls knew not to tell anybody that Aaron was there because they started enjoying him and liking him, but knew he would just be made so much fun of. Mm-hmm. So, 
we never talked that he was there mm-hmm. until he then when he performed the second year. He yeah. Hershey was just a nutcracker. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of did some stuff right. on yeah. stage, so you know, commander type of thing. Uh-huh. And then by the second year, it was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, he and he didn't care who knew then. There it is, folks, part one of our four-part interview with Joni Damiano Bartell. Carol, what stood out for you in this episode? I loved, as you talked about growing up in her house, that they were always just doing creative things, whether it was singing, whether it was stretching, doing dance. It was just part of their everyday life. I know. I I wish I could see them tap dancing in the kitchen. That, That would be fun. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we'd like to thank our Sacred Community Garden members for their support and remind all of our listeners that as a subscriber, you can soon gain access to bonus material from all of our Dreams and Bones interviews. If you have found us and you're not a member, but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, go to www.growmeastory.com, where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Woolham-Roberts. Join us next Friday for part two of our interview with the talented Miss Joni on your Dreams and Bones podcast.